Well, hello, this is John Lewis, and uh, welcome to a podcast series on hope. I'm going to call this short series uh, on hope, um, Making a Room Called Hope. And and I'm doing this in December of 2020, and there are a couple different reasons I'm doing it. One is because 2020 has been a heck of a year for the whole world and has probably surfaced more uh, sense of hopelessness and fear than any year I can remember. And it's December, the the month that we get ready for Christmas and Christ's coming, the the month we call Advent. And hope is such a a beautiful thread running through the whole Christmas story. But frankly, this theme of hope is an all-year-round theme. Biblically, it's just, uh, uh, there's so much about hope. Um, And so I think that um, taking some time to dive into God's Word, what it says about hope, thinking more deeply about hope could be just invigorating uh, for our faith uh, in this season. And I guess the place I'd like to start is the the fact that hope is not something that's unique to Christianity or to Jesus. Hope is something that every human experiences. You could define hope as just the expectation that things are going to be better. Uh, And who doesn't do that? Who doesn't have a hope that something down the road, whether it's a minute, an hour, or a day, will bring them um, uh, a new delight, you know, another, uh, another good wish? And so we could extend our definition, though, and get a little deeper here and to say that that the experience of hope for for humans, I think, could be said as the conscious or unconscious expectation that someone or something will bring about for us a different and desirable future, conscious or unconscious. A lot of times we're not even aware of what we are putting our hope in. And then someone or something, there's always a source that will bring about this hope. It's never um, without, a, you know, a source. Um, and then hope ends up being something that is in the future in some ways, and it's something that we desire. We never hope for bad things, right? So, so in our my experience of hope, and and watching other people uh, have hope, there's just a whole bunch of variety. Some short term, like just tomorrow. Some longer term, like when I graduate, or someday when I get married, or even when after I die. There can be strong hopes, hopes that rivet our attention, and weak hopes. You know, I I hope that my football team wins today. Um, and so all through the scripture, there are examples of this, of course, too. You know, Herod hoped that Jesus would do some sign for him during his last trials. You know, Paul hoped that the church would grow uh, in their faith. You think, list if you hear um, people talking in this season right now, there are people that are hoping for the end of the pandemic. There are people now and for really for decades who have said, I will hope one day, you know, for the end of racism. We think of Martin Luther King's speech, I have a dream. And there's the American dream that, hey, someday I just want to have a good job, have a family, a nice house. I want stuff. All of these are different ways and different kinds of hope. And so, again, just to come back to our definition, what they all have in common is this conscious or unconscious expectation that someone or something is going to bring something different and and better in my future. And this is something, of course, that uh, if it's human, it happened when humans began. And when we think about the creation story that Adam and Eve, when, when all was well in the Garden of Eden, it was completely natural for them to trust God in the present, but then also to hope that whatever was ahead for them in life of the Garden, that they could, that 
that they could put their hope in God to do that, that they had a great future ahead of them. And it's when the fall came uh, that some of this got perverted. Yes, they still hoped. It's still their human nature to hope. But now their hope, instead of starting in the someone called God, their hope is now in the in something else, like um, you know the nature of, of the soil to produce um, to produce crops, or putting their hope in their children and their descendants and what they could do for them in the future, or in their ability to reason, or to th- or in putting their hope in their desires that their desires would lead them to a, to happiness. Um, or even in their own abilities, we think of their their Adam and Eve's descendants that used their technology to build them a tower. They put their hope in their abilities to bring about that future. And so it is not our human nature to put our hope in God, even if it is our human nature to, to have hope. And so that seems to me uh, to be a really big deal today, that one of the, the, the easy things to do is to substitute um, the designed hope for God to bring about his kingdom on earth and to divert that hope into less worthy hopes that ultimately and always disappoint us. And again, you might hear that in some of the, uh, this year in 2020, it could be true of any year, but as people look honestly at the world today, they might say something like, hey, I, I know a vaccine's coming, but there's going to be other viruses in the future, and so they don't have a lot of hope. Or there, yeah, we put out the fires in the West Coast this year, but the predictions are they're only going to continue. And and what can we do about it? And what about the hurricanes on the East Coast? The predictions are they're only going to get worse. Or people who feel like the riots of our cities or the racism, you know, in across our country. How will we ever really uh, pull out the roots, you know, of what divides us as a nation? Some people are wondering, can we ever expect quality people, people of good character, to actually get into office, you know, in in Washington, D.C., and lead our country in the future? Others look at the broken marriages of our country, the wounded children that come out of these kind of environments. They see the gang violence in the urban settings. They see sex trafficking, homelessness, poverty, and people begin to wonder, um, putting their hope in our institutions and in our abilities, they begin to say, I'm not sure, I have hope that things are really going to get better. And of course, we could go on and on. But the bottom line is, is that the way humans are wired, if we, if we consistently are disappointed, if we misplace our trust, you know, in something besides God, if our hopes are unrealized, then over time, this is so hard on the human heart. It so drains our ability, you know, to persevere when life gets hard. And so the future uh, looking more like uh, what we're experiencing now is not just magically going to go away in the year or the years ahead. Uh, We have some deep work to do. And when I think about um, America's history, I find that we are in a very unique time. The hopelessness and the heaviness of heart now certainly is uh, it's not completely unique to our time. But in general, our country was founded um, uh, as, uh, with an experiment that had that was laced with hope that those who came over had a belief that the future would be better if not for them than for their children and that they, every generation potentially would have a better future than they did. And certainly, you know, there was ups and downs uh, in that. But in general, America had a long upward uh, trajectory towards prosperity, towards becoming a world power. Um, 
And so this, this subtle trust, this growing trust and putting our hope in America to bring about a better future uh, has not always bode well uh, for people who are trying to, to put their hope in God first and foremost. Because we can only put our hope ultimately in one place. And I find, you know, over the years, whether it's when I was in college and what I put my hope in, in terms of my college degree um, or whatever, I, it was easy for me to kind of buy in a little bit to the American dream. And so what I find true for me is that hope has to become more than just a doctrine, more than just to say, yeah, I believe someday I'll go to heaven, but it's actually something that is meant to be the software of my heart, to run the, the, the programs of my life, so to speak. And so that's why spending some time immersing ourselves in what the scripture tells us about hope, I think, will be such a gift. I'd like to start um, this in this first podcast with just uh, a, a section from Colossians 1, uh, verses 3 to 5, that just lifts up the central place of hope in the life of a Jesus follower. It goes like this. Paul says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and the love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. Did you hear it? There's this trio that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 when he says, now abide faith, hope, and love. Did you hear all three of those were there together? And I'd like to kind of give a short definition for hope, faith, and love, and then hopefully it'll help you see how I think that they're actually ordered, that faith and love spring from this hope. Hope is the expectation um, that God will, when Jesus comes again, bring about for us his promised, different, and desirable future. You see how that's slightly different than the universal hope, right? Some of it the same, but centered in God. Faith uh, is the cert- that when we have a certain hope, we can spring from that, even in hard situations, and choose God's will in our present day um, you know, situations and circumstances. And then love is the way we express our faith. Paul talks about that in Galatians. That how do, you, how do you express your faith in the world? Well, it's by loving God and loving people. And so now um, it comes back to, you know, for me, wondering why it is that all these years and decades of my life, I've heard so many more sermons and devotionals, uh, teachings on faith and the nature of believing and love, but far less far less on the image, you know, and the the call to be a person of Christ-centered hope. Think about it like this. Think of the image, you know, uh, of running a race and, and the centrality of hope. You're running a marathon. It's 26 miles. It's your first one. And you get to, the, they say, the mile 12, you know, and, the, and kind of the wall comes down. And just your body is starting to shut down. And something inside of you says, You will not do it. There's no hope for you to get to the finish line. You're just convinced that there's no way. Well, that's going to have a huge impact on your ability to take the next step and to finish the next mile and get to the finish line. Your faith is dwarfed. Your faith is cut off in a sense. And so it is that if we don't have hope that we're going to get to the finish line, that God is going to meet us there and make all things right, then we are going to have such a difficult time expressing our faith and love in a world that desperately needs us to be salt and light. And so as C.S. Lewis said, those who have done the most earthly good have precisely been those who have been the most heavenly minded. They've had hope, so riveted on hope that the circumstances of this life do not uh, deviate them 
from making their difference. Uh, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so if I was uh, the devil in the spirit of uh, C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, well, if I was the devil, I'd try to get people uh, to either put their ultimate hope in something completely different than God, like maybe their country, their political party, their money. They could even say they believe in heaven, but if they really put their living hope and their day-to-day hope in something else, boy, I know that I'm going to be able to keep them from being loving and, and full of faith in this world. Or if that didn't work and the believers insisted on putting their hope in God, well, then I'd want to really diminish their view of God and their view of that hope, like something like, hey, one day we're, we're all going to go to heaven. I guess we're just going to sing songs up there or something. And let it just be small, unexplored, kind of irrelevant, and then let them go on living, putting their real hope in something uh, else. Dear friends, um, here's what, um, summing up, all of us as human beings, we will hope, small, large, um, long-term, short-term, it's part of our nature. All of us um, have a ability, you know, to, um, to, to make that choice, and then from that choice, let it be uh, our hope in God spring us to living faith and loving the world. And lastly, we need to know that there is a devil that's out there to diminish, distract, deceive us about real Christian hope. And so therefore, friends, especially December 2020, but really any time, what important it is for God's people to sink in to our understanding of, uh, of hope as God reveals it in his word and in his story. So, for the next number of podcasts, we are going to use Scripture as our as our uh, springboard. We're going to uh, make a room called Hope. We're going to start building that room um, with these next four sessions, and I'll call these like the four biblical pillars of hope. And the first one uh, will be the author of True Hope, and the second one will be the description of True Hope, and the third one is the practice of True Hope. And then lastly, what's the impact of true hope? And when we get to the end of these, um, my hope is that, in a little bit of a play on words, that, that our room called hope will make room, more room for God's true hope in our lives. Hope you'll join us. Hope you'll let other people know about this podcast. Hope that our hearts are filled more and more with the hope in Christ that can't disappoint and will lead us to be people of faith and love in the world. See you next time.